Before we get started with today's show, check out our website for the podcast at www.mmbpodcast.com for the latest episodes. You can also like the show page on Facebook by searching at MMB Podcast. For more information on my business, Box of Care, check out our website, www.boxofcare.com. Or follow us on Instagram at Box of Care NOLA or Twitter at NOLA Box of Care. Thanks for listening and enjoy our latest episode. Welcome to Mind My Business, the podcast that gets you thinking about how to start, build, and grow a successful business from nothing. We walk through how to break down any barriers you may face and feature interviews from some of the best business owners of companies, large and small, providing insight on what it takes to get to the next step. Time to mind my business with your hosts, Jonathan Floyd, owner of Box of Care. Take it away. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mind My Business, the show that puts your business on your mind. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Floyd, joined today by another special guest, somebody that if you live in New Orleans, you've seen them one way or another, uh, gracing us with her presence on the news or being a fitness inspiration to the city of New Orleans and even beyond. I've got April Dupree joining me today. April, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like I gave a minimal introduction to everything that you do, but can you introduce yourself to the people who are listening, who aren't from New Orleans and aren't familiar with you? You did a perfectly good job. I am um, a Jack or Jane, I guess, of all trades, master of some. (laughs) That's what I like to kind of uh, intro myself as. Yeah, no. So basically, I'm a media personality here in New Orleans, and I also am a fitness and wellness expert and entrepreneur. So I wear many, many hats, but um, all of them keep me very excited about life. I have never been a person to just do one thing. So it fits my personality, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So I I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you about your business and career path. But before I do, I want to acknowledge the the strength you've had in a a health battle. Um, So months ago, my wife and I were actually even talking about it, that we hadn't seen you on the news. And I think with 2020, we've kind of chalked everything up to COVID. So we're just like, I don't know, maybe because it's COVID, maybe people are driving us. Who who knows? Um, But you were dealing with something that was um, a little bit bigger than you. So first off, how are you feeling? And then secondly, Can you describe what you were going through? Yeah, so I've definitely had better days, but I am blessed and I try to focus on the positive because obviously in general, but definitely this year, we can focus on a lot of negative things and that just doesn't get you very far. So I like to look at the silver lining of everything. So recently um, I had a surgery called a myomectomy. So basically that is a removal of fibroids. If you guys have never heard of fibroids before, many women of all races and ages suffer with them. But unfortunately, um, the black community, African-American women suffer from them the most. So my mom, it's a bit hereditary. My mom had fibroids and i was almost certain that I was going to get them eventually. As I uh, continued to grow into womanhood, I didn't really have any issues in my teens and in my 20s. And as I approached my 30s, I uh, started to monitor my uterus a bit more and noticed that I did have one tiny, I mean, the tiniest of fibroids. And so my doctor was like, there's really no need to remove it yet. You know, we'll monitor it each year during your yearly visit. And then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, if we do need to remove it at all, or if it just stops growing. So I monitored it year after year and I went for my annual gynecological appointment. And uh, she's like, it is time to take this out immediately. You got about three weeks to decide. So I went from, you know, just functioning every day, uh, working at the news station, and then running my fitness and wellness company to all of a sudden having to completely pause my life for the last few months um, to have surgery and and recover. So that has been, I will say it it knocked me down quite a bit. I am on my climb up, but it certainly has been very, very challenging. But to be honest with you, it's a blessing because I am a very open person. I'm an open book. I really don't hide anything. People can ask me any question and I'll, I'll really answer it. Very few things make me uncomfortable. And so I really want to share my story, not just with, with women, but everyone. They should know about this because if you 
don't suffer individually from fibroids or you're not a woman, at least you know women in your life. And I guarantee some of them probably have dealt with this and they just have dealt with it in silence. So I've been documenting my recovery since the day of my surgery. Um, and I just kind of want to take people along the journey with me from the very beginning until they see me um, recover and try to get back to where I physically was prior to my operation. Awesome. You know, thank you for saying that. And, and I'm sure you're an inspiration to a lot of people. So my wife is a nurse, so I kind of hear about, um, I've heard about fibroids before and, and kind of what they do to people. So I, you know, you know, God bless you and, and we're praying for you and hopefully, um, you know, eventually you'll pull through this and, and be good. But I, I want to take you back to a time, uh, where people used to drive to work. I don't, I don't know if you, you know, remember that, but, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, we're, we're not, we're nine months deep into this thing. So it's, you know, know, this is like, my car has probably been 50 miles since the, the beginning of the year. But anyway, so, you know, like most people in New Orleans, that's where we first came across you in your day job. And after research, and I learned that that's only just a small part of who you are, but I'd like to think that the skills you develop being on television have kind of helped you outside of that. So how much of what you do on TV plays into some of the other ventures that you have going? Well, I, I tell you, it's probably quite the opposite, to be honest with you. So the, um, oh, really? I, I will introduce how I got into television, which is it's. I swear there's never a dull moment in my life. I, I would like there to be, um, but it, there's always some type of, you know, thrill or excitement. But I have a background in teaching. So I was a fit, a physical education and health teacher for 10 years. I mostly taught high school kids, eighth through 12th grade. And so my experience between being a teacher and a coach, as well as a fitness instructor, because I've been in the fitness industry since I was in college. So about 15 or 16 years, that actually is what allowed me to get better at public speaking and just not being afraid to use my words. And I won an award at, um, at an event a few years ago for my business. And my general manager of uh, the television station that I work at, Channel 4, he was in the audience. He just happened to be in the audience because the station was a sponsor of the event. I literally had a 30 second speech because the event was very short and they're like, we have to keep everything time. So let's keep your speeches down to about 30 seconds or less. So I, I literally walked up on the stage and I'm, I never wear heels. I'm always just in fitness clothes and, and sneakers. And so the first thing that I did when I walked up to the mic, I was like, thank God I didn't fall because that would have been a very different introduction that y'all all would have had with me. And then everybody just kind of laughed and I wasn't even trying to be funny, but I was just being myself. And then after um, my mom actually introduced me to the general manager because she actually used to work at the station when I was younger. And he, uh, a, a few days later contacted me and he's like, I know this is not something that you probably have ever thought about, but I we have an open position for our traffic anchor. I think you would be great at it. You're wonderful at public speaking. You, uh, your personality is very vibrant. You, of course, would have to learn the ins and outs of you know the functionality of how television works and and um, how our system works and everything. But I, I think that you just have that raw talent that will be able to kind of mold and uh, and make you someone that a lot of people would like, and you would be really good at the job. And I'm in the first thing that my thought, of course, cause I'm a night owl. I was like, who in the world wants to wake up at two 30 every morning to go to work by choice? Like that's crazy to me. Right, so I kind of right. just prayed about it. My faith is very strong. So I really just sat down and I spoke with God and my family. And I was just like, whatever is going to be, is going to be crazy thing is, is that I was in a very unhappy place in my life um, when all of that was happening. So about a year prior to that, I just kept saying, kept praying to God. And I was like, I need a change. I don't know what that is, but I just need you to shake some things up in my life because I'm too afraid to take the leap to figure out what to do. And that is exactly what happened. I'm like, be careful what you wish for and what you pray for. So um, all of my training of, of being an educator and an instructor and a personal trainer is what actually was a, a, a pathway for me to get into television. It's something that I always had wanted to do, but Again, you know, a lot of times we have these pipe dreams where we're like, okay, we want to do all of these things, but how do you actually go about it? And it it was nothing but 
faith and, and hard work that, um, that allowed me to have this position. And I, I'm very, very grateful. And I understand how blessed I am to be able to do two things that I really, really love. I do remember that before you, it was Tamika Lee, and she obviously is a big personality and well-known around here in New Orleans. And then were you, you were right after Tamika, correct? Yes, I was right after Tamika. Okay. The funny part okay. is that Tamika and I have known each other for years. So we both were Saint Sations together and okay. uh, for the Saints. And then we actually competed in pageants together. This was many, wow, many moons okay. ago. So it was kind of <laughs> <Okay>. weird that <laughs> that was the transition. Well, the thing I, I was asking that because the transition seems smooth from like a, like a viewer standpoint. I mean, it was like Tamika and then eventually Tamika did other things and then you transitioned in and it was like it was all good. So we we watch Channel 4 here. So, of course, you notice when somebody new is on there, especially in the morning, because we, we watch traffic is the last thing we watch traffic and weather before yeah. we walk out of, out of the house, because those are like the most ever changing things in New Orleans. But um, the transition was smooth. But I so I told you I'd ask you a couple questions about about Channel 4. And that's not really what I, I really want to talk about. I want to get into the footprints, the fitness stuff. So. Can you talk a little bit about the backstory about how it came to be? And in addition to that, can you talk me through the, I guess, user experience with the company? And I ask that because um, I think people assume wellness is just working out and eating right, but you're offering so much more than that. So you've got like the happy hours and um, you like go to the clients or you, you know, do what I guess classes and there's all sorts of things that you offer, right? Yes. So I, um, I, I kind of lightly mentioned it before, but I have a background in health, fitness and wellness and education. And so I had been training all of these affluent people and teaching these large classes at very high end gyms and studios, which it was absolutely wonderful. And I loved my time doing that, but I really was just training and teaching rich white women. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and, I, and I say that all the time and people, um, they kind of like laugh and some people feel uncomfortable, but I, I'm always very, very open about how I feel with things. There's nothing wrong with that. I love um, all people, but I felt like the level of knowledge that I had and all of these resources that I was giving people that could afford it, they literally could afford anything that they wanted. I wanted to bring that into the community with people who look like me as a black woman. You know, we uh, often don't have a lot of access in the black community to nicer things. You might, you may not. So we ha we are a part of that number where um, there's underserved communities. And this is not just in New Orleans and Louisiana. This is honestly throughout the United States in the world for that matter. And so I wanted to take my level of expertise and truly be able to give that experience to people probably who needed it a bit more in the uh in, in New Orleans in general, in the South, but especially in the Black community, we suffer a lot from health issues. I mean, Louisiana has constantly been last in all of studies that are health related. And so I, mm -hmm. I really just, I felt like I wasn't making a difference and I just wanted to make a difference a bit more. And so that's kind of where the birth of Footprints to Fitness came from. I wanted to really give these resources to people who otherwise couldn't afford it, but I wanted to make it affordable or either free. And I, this is, kind of a tangent, but sort of not. I always like to explain the name of Footprints to Fitness and where it came from because people, they're like, that is a mouthful for a business. Why don't you change the name? Or why don't you just call it Footprints? And we do call it Footprints for short. But if you, or I'll ask you, have you ever heard of the um, story Footprints in the Sand? Yes, I have. Yep. Okay. It's wonderful. In case none of you guys have uh, heard of it before, basically I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. So this guy dies and he goes to heaven. He then reviews his life with God and it's um, it's along a beach. So basically he's going through the chronological steps in his life, but it's a beach scene. There's times where he sees one set of footprints and then there's times where he sees two. The times where he sees one set of footprints are the darkest times of his life. He gets a divorce. His parents die. Uh, he loses his job. All of these negative things happen to him. And then when he has positive experiences in life, the birth of his child, he gets married, he gets a promotion at work, he moves into a nicer home and is able to provide for his family, he sees two sets of footprints. So he then judges God and he says, 
well, God, I devoted my entire life to you. And I believed in all of these things that I thought were true. But during the, the darkest times of my life, it looks like you left me. You weren't walking with me. And then God says, my son, when you only saw one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And I even get mm. emotional hearing it. I mean, I've said that story 1 million times and it's, it's why I named the organization what it is. But uh, I wanted to create a space where we were walking with people during their positive times and then carrying them during their negative times. But nonetheless, we were with them always in some capacity. And so every time I think about changing the name of the organization, I kind of remember why I named it that anyway and where the inspiration came from. And it keeps me a bit grounded. And when I tell people that they they understand even more what our mission is all about. So we have a community sector of our organization as well as a more B2B business to business where we are working with tourists that come in town for conventions and conferences. We also work with tourists that come here just to hang out and have fun. So we do bachelorette and birthday parties, corporate wellness, CPR training. We do all of these community fitness classes and are uh, probably what we're most known for are fitness events where we do these upscale events that incorporate fitness and wellness and this party aspect that we love in New Orleans. So we may have a yoga and Pilates class, but then after a live band is coming in and we're second lining or there's a live DJ and they're at these upscale hotels on rooftops or art galleries. So we really are able to serve uh, many different groups of individuals and that just really warms my heart when I think about it because we don't just have one target audience and I never wanted it to be that way. We're not a gym. We're not a fitness studio. It is, it is a full fledged, basically concierge fitness and wellness organization. And uh, we recently created our nonprofit last year called Footprints Foundation. So basically it's an extension of Footprints to Fitness. And uh, we want to focus on being able to solely serve underserved communities there with the nonprofit. Okay. 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 So, I mean, you, your last answer, I mean, it was, it's great to get that sort of insight. I think two things that I, I want to kind of hit on that you, you talked about. First thing is how powerful the name is. Um, I am familiar with Footprints. I actually uh, had a family member who used to have that up on their wall uh, framed when I was young. And I remember seeing that and reading it when I was young. And when I actually looked on the website and saw the story, I was just like, okay, so that's where, that's where it came, so, came from. So that's, I mean, that's interesting to know that story that however old it is, it's still kind of resonating. And there's, there's truth to it, of course. The second thing is bringing that healthiness to the area. I, so I'm born and raised in Kenner, not from, from actual New Orleans proper, but when I'm out of town, I save time, I say New Orleans. But the area we know lacks in healthcare and education in New Orleans, it just does. And, and some of the things you mentioned kind of, kind of segued me to my next question because New Orleans is known for the good food, known for the partying, the laid back lifestyle which we know is true, but how hard was it for you to get people in this area thinking about health and starting to take their health serious and even the lifestyle as well? Yeah, um, we threw liquor and drinks in there. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. And to be honest with you, it's all about, uh, it, it's all about balance. So we basically try to combine the love that we have for New Orleans and our culture, which largely is a, a very party atmosphere, music, drinking, food, dance. It's all of those things that it, the reason why New Orleans is on the map for so many things and why so many events choose to host their, uh, their large scale experiences here. We, I basically wanted to tie those two together. So health and fitness and wellness in general should never be about restricting yourself completely from anything. It's just about balance. So looking at your Californias, your New York, Chicago, these big major cities where fitness and wellness is a way of life. Like if you're not healthy and fit, it's, it's weird. You're looked at as uh, the minority, but in New Orleans, we love to celebrate life. And oftentimes that comes at the cost of our health when it doesn't have to, but it's just that people aren't educated enough about how they can balance things. And so every time someone walks into any type of programming that we have, whether it's community or business to business, we have that educational aspect of things to teach them why they're doing things, if they are doing them correctly or incorrectly, and then how to segue into having more balance. And so for our fitness and wellness events, we have 
healthy cocktails and healthy food and healthy mocktails and for our fitness events where we may not necessarily have food and drinks that are involved. We create a space that is fun, but it's also an opportunity for people to learn. So we're not just coming there and someone's leading they're actually teaching you during the process. So you can easily experience it with them or you can ex experience that outside of being a part of any of our programming. And it, it, it's just about educating people and truly teaching them what it means to be balanced. That does not mean that you need to give up beignets. I tell people all the time, my favorite <laughs> meal is five pounds of crawfish and order a beignets and a snowball. Like if I could literally eat that every other day, my soul right. would be happy. My body wouldn't, but my soul would be happy. Right. And so we have the balance out of still being able to enjoy all of those things that we love, but not necessarily doing it every day and then implementing healthier uh, practices and activities in order to truly be able to not feel guilty or put yourself in a negative health and headspace when you do indulge in all of the things that you really love. So what's a you mentioned healthy cocktails. I'm, I'm interested in that because I'm a beer drinker. I was a red wine drinker. I had to stop because because of the sugar. What's a good healthy cocktail that I mean, maybe something that you like or something that's popular amongst your people. Yes. So sugar is the devil. Don't let anyone tell you anything other. It's wonderful. It tastes amazing, but it does not really do anything well for your body. Um, so basically, an example of a, a healthy cocktail would be obviously instead of incorporating uh, a soft drink or a soda, as many people like to, let, let's say that you drink um, uh, vodka and Sprite or 7-Up. Obviously, that's a ton of calories with the soft drink. So instead of having vodka, you can, uh, excuse me, instead of having um, that soft drink of your 7-Up or your Sprite, you can replace that with club soda with maybe a splash of cranberry or a splash of pineapple juice where you're still getting that sweet taste, but it's not half of the drink. It's only a portion of it or eliminate the sweets and have more of that savory or, or um, kind of tart taste. It depends on what your taste buds like and, and what you're interested in. But substitution is everything when it comes to food and drinks, to be honest with you. See that's yeah, see. I have it's to. It's hard. Look, to, I'm not saying I it's easy. Trust me. Thing. Yeah, I, 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 mean I, have to, I have to find somewhere else. To, maybe an extra mile or two, or you know, something like that to kind of offset that. Um, but no. Um, so I, I want to transition to the next question. Um, I, everybody I have on here, I ask them about their how and their why, just because I'm so interested in their schedule and their motivation. But in particular with you, I am truly interested in your um, your schedule and then also what motivates you because. You mentioned it today that you got up before three. I read another article where you talked about getting up at three. So how early are you up in the morning is my, you know, is my question. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit crazy. Like when I look at my life and I've realized that I've lived this schedule for the last three years, I question myself all the time. And I'm like, how are you getting through this girl? It, to be honest with you, it's God in a prayer because I don't drink or consume any caffeine. Um, and it really is just about like time management and balancing everything. I will tell you that it's hard. People, people look at my life and they think that I have it all together and I don't, we all struggle. So there's some days where when my alarm cock rings, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't have to do this. This is a, this is a choice. I could easily go down another career path or have another job that would, it, I, it would just be easier. I could do that, but, um, with great, risk and responsibility comes great reward. And so I love what I'm doing and it's worth all of all, all of those things. And so I just, it, it really is a mindset, but yeah, there's mornings where I look at my clock or evenings where I'm going to bed a little bit later than I should. And because I just have so much work to do and it's like, girl, what are you doing? But I quickly remember, uh, messages that people send me or how far I've, I've gotten or how much I've grown in the last few years or just throughout my life. And it honestly makes the hustle a little bit more bearable. And I appreciate it a bit more. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I can, how many people can say that they're healthy enough to be able to live their dreams. Certain people can't. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people who they may suffer from mental, physical, or emotional illnesses that literally restrict them from working. And so I'm blessed to be able to do what I love. Why wouldn't I sacrifice in order to be able to, to do those things? It's hard at times, but right now at this point in my life, it's a balance. When it doesn't 
begin to be or things start to really uh become very shaky to the point where I feel like I can't balance and control them, then I'll evaluate the situation and something may have to change if that's adding something or removing it. But it's all about just checking in with yourself and remembering what your overall goals are. That's so true. We talked about it earlier um, about 2020 and how insane it's been. And, and COVID's changed everything for everybody across all industries. How has Footprints to Fitness adjusted to, quote unquote, the new normal? Yeah, it certainly has been challenging and we have felt it. Um, I've had to unfortunately furlough many of our instructors because we just don't have the amount of work that we did prior to the pandemic. And it, it's it's very disheartening at times because our trajectory of growth this year was just amazing. I mean, we we had a ton of contracts, new contracts that we signed, and it was exponentially growing and unfortunately you know that is just not where we are right now i love i would love to say the the pandemic has just been a blessing for the business but to be honest with you it, it hasn't are we still functioning absolutely but not at the level that we were prior and we are constantly shifting the great thing about it is we were able to transition pretty quickly from doing in-person activities to going virtual as many, if not all of us did for our lines of, of work, or to be honest with you, our leisure life, just communicating with our friends and family. So we led a robust schedule of fitness classes. We did actually a few fitness events online and then uh, with conferences and conventions that we work with throughout the tourism industry here in New Orleans, we were still able to keep some of those contracts as they shifted their um, their conference or convention online. So that was a complete blessing. Now we are balancing having that online experience for the people who aren't comfortable yet with being around others and then in-person experiences as well, while obviously being extremely socially distant and uh, communicating and running things in a way that everyone feels safe when they are in the space with us. And uh, right now that has, it's been a saving grace that the weather has been really nice because we've done a lot of outdoor activities. Um, if we would live or we would have this organization in your Chicago or Denver, I mean, it's freezing right now there during the summer mm, of the right, year. So right. it is a blessing that New Orleans and Louisiana heat where, you know, nine months out the year, we have summer basically. So that right. has been good. But yeah, we still are working on continuously pivoting the the business and the organization. And I think that's unfortunately going to be our new norm for quite some time. I would like to think that when 2021 comes, that all of this will be over. But, you know, it's not it's not going to be in, in reality, we will be dealing with this for many months, if not a year or longer to come. So we have to pivot because that's the only way that we'll be able to survive. And our community has been absolutely amazing. And we've gotten a ton of feedback of things that they feel comfortable with, things that they don't, what has been working, what they're interested in doing in this COVID world now. So that has definitely helped being able to send out surveys or just kind of communicate with others what they would like. Because at the end of the day, a business serves people. They serve their customers. And so if we think something's good and it actually isn't and our customers don't like it, then it kind of is a waste of time and resources. And so we want to be able to get that feedback from them. And it has been invaluable. And we're continuing to do that. And we're going to keep pivoting and see where that takes us. We're going to take a quick break. The Mind My Business podcast will return in 20 seconds. So something you mentioned about the, the evolution, so I guess kind of evolving, switching to virtual and, and Zoom to still keep that contact with the clients and community kind of brings me to my next question. How important is what you're doing to people right now? I guess. And what I mean is, why is why was it so important for you to carry on? Because, you know, from and I, this is this is going to sound silly, but. I couldn't get a haircut for like four months and like I didn't want to look in the mirror. And I know and that that's something that that seems so crazy to say. But a lot of people are going through a lot of things, whatever their quote unquote haircut is. If people, you know, people have family members who are sick, people have friends who are sick or are just going through all sort of mental 
issues or whatever the case is, why was it so important for you to keep going? Because really and truly, you could have kind of looked at it and said, you know what, we'll st- the world is stopping, we'll stop. But you clearly didn't do that. So what kind of made you want to push through that, you know, those challenges, really? Um, I, no, I love that you brought up the the haircut analogy because to be honest with you, that is a part of health and wellness. When you physically feel and look good, that allows you to be more confident about yourself. So that helps your mental, physical, and emotional health. Trust me, this is a person who I have not done my hair in like 10 years. I go to my hairstylist. Mm-hmm. I, I literally see them like several times a month. And so for me to be in that same predicament of not being able to get my hair <laughs> done at all, and I'm still on television and I'm working, it definitely was a challenge. And I missed that interaction and I missed feeling um, like I was at my best self when my hair was, was, you know, nice and put together instead. I'm like wearing my hair natural and I don't even know how to do it necessarily. And it was just kind of crazy, but piggybacking off of that, Health and wellness is so important. And during a global, not just, you know, we're not dealing with this just in the United States, a global Mm -hmm. pandemic, people's health and well-being is more important now than it ever has been. I mean, we're seeing what this virus is doing to people, how it's being transmitted, you being at home more, being more sedentary, being stuck in the house with your your family, especially people who have little kids, God bless them, because I definitely would be completely stressed out if I didn't have uh, if I did have children, anything older than a newborn or a, a small toddler, because it 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 weighs on every aspect of your health movement and just being able to connect with your physical and mental self is so important. So, I mean, it was almost, it would have been a disservice if we had stopped leading our programming because health and wellness is so important more now than ever. It it always has been, but I feel like people are definitely understanding the severity of if you are taking care of yourself, just how much of a change that can be in your life. So, you know, it was just a part of our mission to kind of keep going. And this is tying back to that footprints in the sand story of it's a difficult time. So we're here to carry individuals just as God showed that individual, the the man, when he was walking along his life, all of the negative times he saw that one, those one set of footprints, it was then that he carried him. So we have to help each other. And it's not just us being supportive of our community, our community, especially the footprints community has just shown us so much love. And uh, when they didn't have to, because people are dealing with their own demons and battles right now, if uh, it's with the coronavirus because they're sick or they lost their job or they are struggling to be able to balance being a parent versus being an employee, whatever it is. And so I think more now than ever, we need to just focus on helping each other and definitely holding everyone accountable. And that's part of what we do on a regular basis. So it certainly was not even an option for us to stop when all of this happened. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think the accountability piece is great. And I have, I have two kids, two girls, one, four, one, two, and you are more than welcome to to have one or both. I'm look, they come, you know, they're a pair. So they come together as a pair. Um, but no, um, so I I got a couple more questions for you. The first thing is of of all the interviews I've, I've done on the show, most have been women. And if I'm not mistaken, all black or Brown women. And the one thing that you all have in common is of course, outside of being a woman, is that you made a decision at some point in your life to start a business. What sort of advice would you offer to somebody, man or woman, um, who may be hesitant or concerned about taking that leap and and kind of getting off the bench and, and starting something that maybe they're passionate about or that could help the community? Being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. It is, it's, it's a struggle. And a lot of people, they just see the glitz and glams on social media or when people win awards, but entrepreneurs experience all types of emotions within 30 seconds. I could be sad, depressed, elated, feeling super accomplished, focusing on my goals all within the same day. And you it's a roller coaster it truly truly is and figuring out what your branding is going to be with your organization if it's a for or a nonprofit what group are you serving what's your target audience why are people going to come to you when there's already a service or uh an organization that does what you're doing so for instance if i wanted to start a makeup line 
why would I start a makeup line when there are places like you can go to Sephora and you can go to Ulta and you can go to all of these giant brands that are already mm. established. Little old me, what, what makes me different and why would people even buy my products? They come for you. Obviously, they come for the product as well. And it has to be high quality or service, whatever you're offering. But they're coming because they want to support your organization, your employees. But you have to convince them that you're worth supporting. And some people more, more so have a built-in audience, especially if they're really popular on social media these days. And some people kind of have to start from scratch and they have to market to people and, and let them see um, why they are special. But to be honest with you, I would not change anything about my journey. I definitely want to continue to grow. But the advice I would give for someone who's ready to be an entrepreneur, make sure that it's something that you really want to do because you will get so many rejections. You also will experience a lot of positive uh things. And so that, you know, hopefully can outweigh the negative experiences that you are going to have. But at the beginning, especially, you definitely will hear a lot more no's than you will hear yeses. So you got to have thick skin in regards to that. Also, starting a brand, if whatever it's going to be service-based or product-based, really have an outline as to what you want to do. Now, once you launch whatever it is, you can always tweak those things and your business is going to grow. I mean, we've seen people start small businesses and they end up giant. Walmart was just a local mom and pop store at first. And then now it's this global conglomerate. So everybody has to start at that very small place. But the more planning that you do, and the more that you look at other businesses that you admire that are successful, look at your potential comp competitors, who they're going to be, see what they're doing. Do you like what they're doing? Do you not? Whatever it is, have your own form of branding that is sustainable and that is easy to market. So if you're having a hard problem articulating what the organization is, I guarantee people are going to have a hard problem understanding what it is. But certainly before I started my business, I looked countlessly at different brands that I admired. I mean, ones that didn't even have to do anything with health and wellness. It could have been clothing. Uh, it could have been supplements, makeup, uh, uh, tutoring services, education, whatever it was. But I saw what those individuals were doing. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome how they chose to brand this or the color scheme of their logo matches their social media. All of these little things that we don't think about when you're a consumer, but when you actually are the leader of an organization trying to put that out there in the community, little things. At the beginning, you have to be your own photographer, your own bookkeeper, your own uh, PR rep, your own um, inventory counter all of those things you have to do all of that at the beginning unless someone is investing in your brand and you have a ton of money where you're able to hire individuals at first and then once your brand grows you are able to outsource those things so at the very beginning i took all of our photos for footprints to fitness because i didn't want to just take crappy cell phone photos so i taught myself how to use um, a professional camera for about a year and a half and I invested in thousands of dollars of equipment and I stayed on YouTube for way more hours than I would like to admit. <laughs> but <laughs> I had to do that at the beginning. And then when the brand started being a bit more sustainable and making more money, then that's when I hired a videographer. I hired a photographer uh, because I started having more responsibilities where I couldn't do all of those things. And if I tried to, the business wasn't going to grow. It was just going to stay stagnant. So my, the best advice I can give for you is do your research and make sure that whatever business that you're trying to start, that you're ready for the ups and downs that entrepreneurship brings to you, because it certainly is a lot of negativity, but it also is just a tremendous amount of positivity as well. And you can change so many lives. It doesn't matter what kind of organization or brand you choose to create. You can definitely touch so many individuals with following your dreams and, and doing what you want to do. Just be smart about it and set yourself up for success and be very strategic. So you, you made a, a lot of great points. Uh, that was actually a, an amazing answer. I think the the two things I kind of took from it the most was was being resourceful and hard work. And it sounds like you were very resourceful and obviously have clearly worked very hard to to get your business to where it is, which brings me to my next question. What does the future look like for footprints to fitness over the next, let's just say five to 10 years, where, where do you see yourself going with the business? 
Oh gosh, that's so terrifying to think about. And obviously like, <laughs> as a business owner, you think about all of those things like projections of where you want to be a year from now, five years, 10 years, all of that. I will say that with the pandemic, it has allowed us to look at the business in a way that we didn't before. And to be honest with you, I felt that that was very negative at first when we first got into experiencing this pandemic at the beginning or mid-March. But now it actually has been a blessing because it's allowed me to think outside of the box and project a growth journey that I, to be honest with you, didn't even necessarily um, kind of entertain the idea. So certainly I think we will always have something virtual. If that's going to be an on-demand type library of uh, programs that we have on our website, if that may be a, a, a workout video or DVD that you can purchase and then use it on your own time, we always will have something virtual that individuals can be able to take advantage of. Be because before we were only reaching people in New Orleans and whenever they came to visit New Orleans from all parts of the world for uh, business or pleasure, that's when we were connecting with those out-of-towners. Now we have people that are from England, from Haiti, from all different parts of the world that are literally tuning into us from New Orleans while we're, we're hosting programming online, which is insane to think about that you can connect with someone that far because of technology. So certainly I would love to be able to build up our virtual aspect of the business. Um, I would love to be able to create a, an extension of the organization, which we sort of have started already with our foundation. So I would love to be able to serve under underprivileged communities, not just in New Orleans, but honestly throughout the United States. And so that's my hope uh, that we can not franchise Footprints to Fitness because I would still like it to have that home mom and pop aspect, but be able to reach more people virtually and certainly having things like an apparel line. We were we were going to come out with that prior to the pandemic. And obviously that was kind of put on hold for obvious reasons, but expanding where we have merchandise that people can purchase uh, a little bit more than just like our brand t-shirts or anything like that. So that's certainly where I would like the organization to go, where people all around the world know what Footprints is, especially virtually now, because we have that capability of reaching more people now than ever. I think that virtual thing is, I mean, it, like you said, it's here to stay. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it, I guess, and if people aren't doing it, then how can you, um, how can you survive? I think evolution or evolving within this whole thing has kind of been the name of the game and those who don't or couldn't haven't been able to survive. So uh, it's great to hear all that. So I, a, a couple more questions. The first thing is, if you could offer yourself one piece of advice when you first started Footprints to Fitness, what would it be? That's a tough one because I did a lot of things incorrectly at the very beginning. My hustle was always there and my drive and my determination. So that got me over those road bumps and we still have road bumps. I mean, you're, uh, any business experiences that. It could be a giant organization like Amazon or, or Disney. They're still gonna experience those bumps and it's how you pivot that truly makes a difference up. If you'll be sustainable in, in a year or two or 10 years as, as the world changes, as technology advances, as people you know, have different interests or their interests shift, the advice that I would give myself or to, to anybody that just starting out, but specifically for me, um, I would have asked for help sooner. I am a very driven individual that likes to do a lot of things by myself. Sometimes that's a gift. Sometimes that's a curse. And so I feel like I stressed myself out way more than I needed to because I tried to take everything on especially in the first two years of our organization, because I couldn't afford to hire people on a consistent basis to help me with certain things. I was resourceful with asking family members to be able to help things like that. But, and that was certainly, it certainly did help, but I wish that I would have invested in getting maybe just one person to help me and pay them part-time at the very, very beginning. And I did not do that. Now, now, of course we have that, but um, I could have saved myself a lot of hours, tears, and stress had I probably invested a little bit more in um, in the beginning of being able to bring someone on, at least just one person to kind of be an assistant and help me. Some people aren't able to do that. Hindsight, looking back, I actually could have done that, but you know, 
it hindsight is always 2020. I just felt like I needed to do it on my own. But if you are able to, even if it's a, a cousin that can help you in exchange for you bartering services, whatever it may be, try to figure out if you can have at least one person to be your sidekick and help you. It may not be full time. It may only be just five or 10 hours a week, but I guarantee having a partner to be able to balance and bounce ideas off of, and they can take some responsibilities is a total blessing and you'll save yourself light years of work that you could complete in five minutes versus 50 minutes. That's, that's so true. I think a lot of, a lot of times entrepreneurs kind of burn out. I mean, it's just like, you're just doing and doing and doing, um, you know, working on the business and not in the business and you just, you kind of get exhausted. And I think a lot of times people also want to see results quickly. And I'm sure like, yeah. and I'm talking to somebody who's in health and wellness. It's like, if I've not been to the gym in forever and I step in there, it's like you go for one week and yeah, everything hurts, but it's like, you're not going to see those results. And I think the same thing goes in business. I think you make some good points around that. Absolutely. Last question. So we obviously both live in the New Orleans area and we got the news and I'm, we're ending on a lighter note, but you know, we got the news this week that there are going to be no Mardi Gras parades next year. And I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids um, during Mardi Gras season because they, as somebody who's in my thirties now, I don't have to go to parades, but like my girls, <laughs> my girls love it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life. So, uh, and even I went to LSU for college. So we used to, I used to come home and bring friends or whatever, but how do you feel about, about that? Now, you know, Mayor Catrell said, uh, Mardi Gras still going. She's, you know, you can still get King cakes and you can still get all that stuff, but come on now. We know, you know, parade, if there's no parades, I mean, what, what are we doing? So how, how do you feel about the, the, the new Mardi Gras next year? Yeah, I'm never one to hold my tongue. Um, I think that TD is doing a great job. I'm going to just say that because here's the thing. We, as much as we want to have a normal way of life right now, it's just not reality. Right. And, right. and the more you fight against that, the more you're just going to disappoint yourself. Again, Mardi Gras is a business just as anything else. And so it's people's livelihoods. As you know, I mean, it. it's a giant giant several weeks, if not a month, however long Mardi Gras is of, of, uh, of partying and all these elaborate parades and costumes and, and floats, all of those things that takes, uh, I mean, people plan basically when one season ends, they literally are, they take a couple of weeks off and they start planning for the, the next year. And so, although we are all upset, I'm sure, in some regard that we're not going to have parades. Think about if we did, how mm. quickly this virus would spread. I mean, New Orleans was a hotbed about a month or a few weeks after Mardi Gras last year. Mm -hmm. um, and think about how many people traveled to New Orleans to experience Mardi Gras, and then they went back home. And they got mm -hmm. the virus when they were here and then spread it to their family who then may have traveled somewhere else. I mean, we have to put this is not politics at the end of the day. And, and it's uh, listening to a lot of people talk about the virus and they're they're ignoring the the fact that this is real as a health and wellness professional and a person who's in media. I'm seeing both sides of it. I'm seeing the facts that physicians are stating and reports that we're sharing about every day. But then I also know the health and wellness side of it as a professional and uh, it's real. And so in order for us to be able to combat the situation, we just have to be flexible. I mean, think about if we had parades, will we even be able to have that next year? Everybody wants to return to work and they want to have their new, I mean, I'm sorry, they want to get back to normal, but the more and more we have these large gatherings, the more that just delays the, the process of you being able to return to work or you being able to return to see your family or having Thanksgiving with all of your siblings and cousins and extended family sitting at a table closer than six feet. We're just not going to experience that for quite some time. So I, it would be shocking if we did have parades and to see the aftermath of, math of that. Um, it may not make everyone happy, but it is what's the safest. At the end of the day, this isn't political. This is a public health emergency. And anybody that doesn't understand that, I challenge you to do a little bit more research to see how impactful and how dangerous the coronavirus has been for not just the United States, not just New Orleans, not just Louisiana, but the entire world. People have lost their lives mm -hmm. more than we can even count and fathom. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. having a parade just seems so minute in comparison to that. 
No, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, so first off, I was gonna say TD, but I didn't want to. I was trying to keep it professional. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to say. Secondly, like if you look at the country as a whole, and I'm not trying to go into a COVID soapbox, but if you look at the country as a whole, Louisiana was always one that was either holding steady or on the decline because of the decisions that yeah. TD Mayor Cantrell made, and even with the Saints game. So, I, I everything you said, I'm in complete agreement with it. I was you know, kind of being in jest around the Mardi Gras parades, you know, I know my girls are going to miss it, but I don't, I don't like, well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have to have it, especially if it's going to put me in danger, but you know, even for the saints games, um, you know, there was kind of some, some back and forth between the city and, and the saints and, and uh, you know, I'm glad they kind of came to an, an agreement as well. It's like, you know, people want to go to a saints game, but is it worth is attending a saints game worth, you know, potentially, and it's not really just about you, but if you are healthy and you go and you, put your grandmother or aunt or whoever else at risk. Was it worth it for a football game? So I think everything you're saying is, is, is completely true is definitely true. So I, so April, I, I appreciate everything, you know, for taking the time to talk with me today. So for the folks who want to find you and footprints to fitness, can you give me, uh, I guess the Instagram and all the handles on how people can reach you or find you? Yeah. So you guys, um, we would love for y'all to be able to follow our organization as well as I would love for you to be able to follow me personally and just uh, tap into a little bit more of what I'm doing and what we're doing in the community. So for Footprints, it's going to be Footprints to Fitness across the board on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, if you are looking for my personal and fan pages, it's just going to be my name, April Dupree on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. So Join our mailing list for Footprints to Fitness. You can go to footprints2fitness.com and uh, you can scroll towards the bottom or there may be a little tab that pops up if you want to join our mailing list because we release a ton of different uh, activities that we're doing, what's coming up. And then we have a healthy tip of the week every week. If it's an exercise, if it's a recipe, if it's some form of uh, finding ways to be able to balance your health and wellness, we include it in there. So we would definitely love for y'all to support us and follow us on social media as well. Please join us virtually or in person, whatever you're most comfortable with or you're able to do and support small businesses. I'm not just saying that because I, I selfishly as an entrepreneur and a small business owner myself, but small businesses are the backbone of our economy throughout the United States. Think about how heavily in New Orleans, especially that we deal or uh, depend on tourism and how mm -hmm. we barely have tourism right now. And so if you need to buy some sneakers or you wanna buy a, a TV or whatever, any, any household item, um, fashion, whatever it may be, instead of you shopping at those big box stores, or if you want to work out, instead of you working out with an organization that is giant, try to support those smaller businesses like us and then other ones that are in your city. If, if you're in New Orleans or wherever you live, because I definitely tell you that all of those business owners and leaders would certainly appreciate that in uh it's going to be how we all help our communities to survive right now, because unfortunately, this virus isn't going anywhere anytime soon and we're going to have to keep adapting. But definitely follow us at Footprints to Fitness and uh, April Dupree. You guys can find me as well. Awesome. So th thanks for, for everything that you, you, you're doing for New Orleans, that you've done for New Orleans. And then I, I know I can comfortably say. I speak for more than just myself, but we are praying for you that you get back to, you know, your tip top self. Thanks again for listening. Please go back and check out previous episodes on our website, www.mmbpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to like, share and subscribe wherever you found us. Remember, you can do what you want, but I will always mind my business. Bye bye. This episode of the Mind My Business podcast is over, but be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow this podcast for interviews with business owners and more tips on how to start and make your own ventures incredibly successful. You can find Mind My Business on all major platforms or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. When it comes to your business, we want you to do what's best, but we will always mind our business.